This is Make Yourself at Home, BizNow's podcast about companies' response to the pandemic. I'm Miriam Hall, BizNow's New York reporter. Today, PwC Advisory Real Estate Director Catherine Ha, who consults with companies and landlords about their workplace and real estate offerings. I asked her what companies are focused on right now as they plan their return to work strategy. They're focused on how, who, when to get back into the office. There's been a ton of conversation around how people will be working in the future. Um, What's been interesting, though, is that there's a lot of conversation, a lot of analysis. I'm not sure if the bulk of clients have a a strategic plan just yet. I think they're still kind of pulling together the pieces. Um, If we were all able to go back into the office right tomorrow, I think that they're not ready yet. So most people are still at home, right? Most pe- most yeah. companies haven't, even though in a lot of places it's perfectly legal to go back. Like in New York, you can go back to the office. They're, the offices are open. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, every now and again, you'll see leadership at different companies go in to kind of um, just show that it can be done. But I, yeah, definitely not the bulk. Not, nowhere near the bulk are going back. And no one has a timeline yet, right? Not really. I mean, some people are starting to throw out, you know, post-vaccine, like two months past post-vaccine, blah, blah, blah. But I haven't seen anyone say that, you know, on September 1st, we will all be coming back into the office or whatever it is. You know, um, it's still very, very murky. And how do you even define post-vaccine? Is that when the vulnerable people are vaccinated or is it when we've all been vaccinated? I know. And I I think most companies think... um, you know, when the bulk of their employees have been vaccinated, but, you know, um, that ranges. I mean, for some, for some companies, most of your employees might be in their fifties or, you know, in their forties. And then for some companies are in their twenties. Um, so it's, it's going to be very different. Um, and you may have organizations where people don't feel the need. Like I, I could see a case where, um, maybe, organizations with younger people don't feel that urgency to get vaccinated, you know, um, or at least right away or whatever. So that, how does that play into things and who's tracking that anyway, you know? Exactly. Like, are we going to start sharing with the office, like what we've been vaccinated? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're going to wristband or something. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, people say that that's really unusual, but when you think about it, you share with like, you do share with universities and stuff like that your vaccinations. It's not completely unheard of, is it? Right. No, it's not. And I think, you know, what's happened over, over the pandemic is people's frame of mind has changed that they're actually, they're doing things for the, for the community, you know? So it's like, if I can show that I'm vaccinated, that will make my community feel safer Then that's sometimes that's good enough. Are you getting a sense that people are making decisions about their return to the office based on what their employees want? So are they are they saying who wants to go back to the office and everyone's saying I don't feel safe or is it more that leadership saying we've made the decision for you it's not happening? Um both. <laughs> so for some for some companies that um you know are using this as an opportunity to really push forward their strategic plans around you know, reducing real estate or having a more mobile workforce, this is absolutely in line. And they're, and they're just saying, you know, don't necessarily go back in just yet. We're figuring this out. This is a direction um, strategically that we're moving in. Then you have other companies where, um, you know, they do want people to come back in, in the financial services industry, um, in the legal industry, like legal, you know, professions, most of those clients want the bulk of their employees to come back. Um, 
So they are um, trying to you know, delicately balance how to do that. I think some organizations forced people to come back. Um, and, and then you have, you know, people getting sick and you wonder if it's worth it, you know. Um, then you have other organizations that long-term wise, they would like everyone to come back. But as of right now, they're just going to let everyone, you know, stay home. I, I do think though, um, people are doing those, those pulse surveys as, as you've heard about where they're just checking in with their employees constantly to see how are you feeling? What do you want to do? From the surveys that we did with our client base, we found that the results didn't really change from today. It's when we asked them in June. So people still, for the most part, want to home base from home and then come into the office sporadically or for reason-based commuting, basically. What do you think it is about finance and um, like the legal industries that really want people back? Because I do remember Goldman Sachs and, and the banks were like charging ahead. They were like, we're getting back once, it, once it's possible. I mean, obviously we know why real estate wants people back. They want to demonstrate that it's safe and it's doable and you do need to be in an office. But I'm wondering why finance and, real, and, and legal need to do that. Do you know why? Yeah. Is it a cultural thing? Is it historical? I think it's, I think it's cultural. I think it's historical. I think it's also just, they weren't ready. Like a lot of other companies, um, people had laptops. In the, in the financial services industry, a lot of companies did not have people with laptops. They had desktops, you know, and they had to quickly get everybody laptops or get them, you know, VPN from home. Um, that sounds crazy, but it's true. And then same with the legal profession. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, concern around uh, the privacy of documents. Um, same with financial services. They feel as though, you know, there's certain systems, certain tools, um, and certain information that should not physically leave the building and that people should be in the building to access it. I think we've proven that there are other options, but I don't think that they're necessarily wholeheartedly on board with uh, with going completely remote so, or mobile, I should say. I had Sonny Kelsey on um, from Bentel Green Oak uh, last week. He was talking about the uh, Japanese office market and how he expects it to be uh, not under threat from work from home because of cultural reasons and the, the way that their workplaces are set up. They're very hierarchical. Um, they and they don't have great internet and they don't have great living spaces either. Um, so it, it it does come down to I guess how people are living and working and and what their kind of setups are like. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think that people didn't have laptops. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually. I mean. Within our industry, that's like a, a service offering that we have is to convert companies from desktops to laptops, you know, so it's, it's more common than you'd think, you know, um, but, uh, and, and I, I do think to Sunny's point that it is cultural too. There's um, like, you know, most of the people we talk to are in, are, I guess, in, in Europe or different parts of Asia, um, and, and a lot of them are working from home right now, but if it's a smaller space or whatever it is, um, it's definitely it's definitely hard. It's stressful and, you know, potentially unnecessary. So I can see cases where people would prefer to just come into the office again. Are you, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the vaccine and obviously this is like a huge thing for the world, amazing positive development. But yes. from what I've heard from people, it's actually kind of slowing down things in terms of the return to work because people are thinking, why go back now if we just wait three more months and we're all vaccinated? Is that what you've kind of seen and heard? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think if you'd asked me this, you know, three months ago, I would have said, oh, well, the vaccine will expedite return to office. Um, it's done the opposite. And I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, people are saying, you know, we're not going to 
put any requirements in place until everyone's vaccinated or until the bulk of the population is vaccinated, which depending on where you live, that can, there's that September timeframe again, you know, so. September, yeah. this September. Yeah, yeah. And I mean. We were talking about last September, last June. I know. Here we are. <laughs> are the workplaces and the companies tackling the kind of thorny issue of mandating vaccines yet? I have not had one client that's that's talked about that. I think there's, I, I think the angle that most people are taking is to make it very easy for people to get a vaccine. Um, so having it in uh, available in the office or through relationships um, with vendors, but that no one's mandating it. I was speaking to a um, the president of Ambulance who they do rapid testing and he said that we're going to be moving more to a, like a, a passport type of society. So when... Yeah. I guess when testing is a little bit more widespread, even though it is pretty good in New York, it still takes like, it's still half a day to get a rapid. Yeah. And, and that's what he thinks is going to happen. Do you, do you think that's what's going to be maybe in the workplace a little bit as we can maybe get over the counter tests that we had yeah. out, of, out of the federal government this week that they're going to be happening? Is that, is that what you think could be? Um, I, I think until, you know, until vaccination is, is more broadly available, then yeah, for sure. I think, um, the ease of access of testing is going to be important. I mean, I know a lot of schools, you know, if you go on vacation or something, um, you have to do a home test or something like that. Um, and then you have to wait a couple of days until that comes back. But um, I could see companies doing that too. It's, it's a lot of uncertainty, isn't it? And how, <laughs> I mean, we've been trying to wrestle with this for nearly a year now where we're thinking what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Have you seen companies kind of learn to be more flexible, learn to handle the uncertainty a little better as this is worn on? Um, I think that they are so so shocked <laughs> by all of this that they're just not making any big decisions just yet you know maybe they might make a decision to get out of a market where they have a small office or something like that but they're not making um any like huge strategic decisions just yet so it's yeah. so it's sort of like we're seeing changes but not seismic market moving changes correct yeah they kind of want to see how some of the one, some of the people who are making changes, like, how does that go for you? You know, like, <laughs> if you reduce your footprint, do you actually end up pulling that back a bit and, you know, acquiring more, more space or, um, you know, what does that mean? So. That's yeah. the ultimate um, concern for the office landlords, obviously, isn't it? That people will just take their space. Yeah. Is there, do you think there's grounds for concern there? I think for certain companies um, and certain ways that they work and the certain age of their workforce, that could be a concern. I would say broadly, though, it's probably not a huge concern, you know, and I, and I would assume that there's some attrition that happens anyway, you know, I mean, and I think if you're a landlord and you have, you're in many states, like maybe um, a company might decide, you know what, let's have more of a location in Austin, Texas than we do in, um, in Boston, for example, you know, and maybe reduce our Boston space and, um, you know, and, 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 and do, do strategic moves like that. I don't know that they're necessarily going to get rid of, you know, all of their space. One day this will end. <laughs> yes. Believe it or not. It, it doesn't feel like it at the moment, but one day this will be over. Have you had any thoughts Considering this is like your bread and butter, have you had any thoughts of how the office is going to look post-pandemic? 
from what I hear, it sounds like there's going to be a big push towards this hybrid model where you could work mm-hmm. from home a little bit and go to the office a little bit. Yeah. I think that's, I think that is, um, I think we'll meet, we'll see more collaboration space, like more open space. I think we'll see more of the ability to change the space too. So, you know, temporary walls and things like that, um, to be able to make our space fit for purpose, um, for that day or for that week. We saw some of that before, but largely speaking, it was, you know, three months to overhaul one floor of an office to change it from being, you know, one type of space to another. So I think that's not going to (laughs) work anymore. You're going to need to have a bit more flexibility um, with your space. So you're going to be able to say, okay, well, next week we've got the whole team in. Mm -hmm. Let's clear the desks. Let's have like a big space where we can all just chat and collaborate or whatever. Exactly. Uh, And then another week you might be like everyone's sitting at their desk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just found a picture on my phone back in March. I got a present from the person who sat, sat, used to sit next to me at work, gave me um, construction ear, earphones because the din of the open plan used to drive me crazy. And I couldn't yeah, yeah. done. Now what yeah. I would give. <laughs> I know. Found again. <laughs> I know to be back there. Oh, I, I do. It's funny you mentioned open plan. I'm not sure if open plan is dead or if it's coming back, mm. you know, because the benefit of open plan is that it can be more dynamic. The downside is you're all together in a shared space. And I'm not sure if people want that anymore. I, I don't know if I would, like if I was coming back into the office, um, you know, I, I might want to meet with my colleagues. I don't know if I want to work the entire day, you know, sharing the same air and space with everybody else on the floor. I don't know. From a germs perspective, that's a question, but yeah. also the timeline stacks up. We could be like 18 months working in a silent space. Yeah. And how are we going to readjust to the normal rabble and banging and whatever? I know it's distracting. Yeah. If you think screaming kids and, you know, dogs and stuff are distracting. I mean, just, I I think if you're used to being able to focus and, and, you know, have your own office really like we all got our own office all of a sudden um going back to this like you know shared uh like you know dining room type of environment is going to be a lot what have you noticed in terms of companies supporting their workforce at home are there people that are doing it well yes i think that pwc has done it pretty well um i mean i we had that panel today and Twitter was saying that their, um, you know, employee engagement numbers have gone through the roof. I think PwC has seen something similar, um, at least from my experience. Um, I think this was kind of an opportunity for employers to show their true colors and the ones that really doubled down on their employees and on um, being considerate and, not reducing their salary and not letting people go and um, trying to make their home office experience positive and trying to make them connected and all the things that they're supposed to do. The ones that did that well are rock stars. They have so much loyalty from their employees for being there with them through something that was really, really tough and, and loyalty to those leaders too. The ones that didn't, I think people are starting to leave. I mean, I see a lot of attrition um, from a lot of my clients. um, And I think there are jobs available out there and people are being drawn to the organizations that care about their employees. What sorts of things did PwC do to to keep people engaged and feeling like they were, the company was there for them? One thing that we did was our our CEO or managing partner, 
he um, would have town halls um, every two weeks, which we didn't used to do. In fact, I couldn't really tell you when we, uh, like what the cadence was before that, but, which is probably my fault, but um, (laughs) we, you know, we did them every two weeks and everybody would tune in, you know, all 50,000 employees would tune in. And we just, it it was just very comforting to hear, you know, from him, what our plans were, what the strategy was, he, you know, he would share also the struggles he was having at home and like the struggles that his family was going through. And it just, it made him seem so normal and relatable and real. And I left those meetings feeling so connected to the firm and um, it was really beautiful. And then also through a lot of the social justice issues that we've had over the past year. I mean, like PwC was very active in talking about that and getting a conversation going. And it just really, you didn't feel like you were struggling with it at home. It was, it was like, it was very much a community effort and it was, um, it was really well done. I mean, they've done a whole host of things like um, uh, providing people sabbaticals so that, you know, you can step away. If, if, if this is too crazy for you right now, like just take a year off, your job will be here waiting for you when you get back. Um, and I know a lot of people that have done that. Um, and uh, things like uh, flexible working arrangements and stuff like that. So um, if you are, you know, dealing with your kids half the day, which, which is what I did. So I used to take off in the mornings and then I would work only in the afternoons and my husband would do the opposite so that we could take care of the kids all day. And um, no one blinked an eye. Everyone was like, yep, do what, do what you have to do, you know? Um, so it's, it's been very supportive, like as an organization. Do you think some of those, um, some of the things that PwC and other companies who are handling this well are going to take these into the post-pandemic world in the workplace? Because we do have short memories, (laughs) obviously. Um, What do you think is going to, what do you think is going to last? I think that empathy will last. Um, I think, you know, a lot of like we, we've all been inside each other's home so much that I think, you know, you, you appreciate like when I say I can't do a call at 6 PM because I'm bathing my kids. Like now, you know, <laughs> you like they see that I'm bathing my kids, you know? Um, so there's a, an empathy and appreciation for everyone's personal circumstances, which I can't imagine how that wouldn't carry through past um, pandemic. Plus people will still be working from home a lot, you know? So not, that much will change. I mean, kids will hopefully go back to being in school and, and, you know, some things will change, but we'll still be home, you know? So my internet will cut out, you know, someone will come to the front door, like things will happen and you have to go do that, you know, and that's going to stay, I think. So what would your advice be to a, to a manager? And sorry, I just checked the time to make sure it is actually not bath time. It's not, no, 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 you're fine. (laughs) We are fine. (laughs) What would you, what would you say is your advice to someone who manages people who has been managing people through this is man is going to have to manage people through a little bit more of it and have to help people come back. I mean, this is a whole new skill set. Yeah. I'd say, you know, I've even found this myself. You're I'm, I'm, you know, part, uh, like inspirational speaker, I'm part therapist, I'm part, um, you know, there's just so many components to my management style now, which I was not necessarily using all of those as much before. Um, In fact, in some cases, it was considered inappropriate to use some of those before, you know, like, I would never ask somebody, like, how are you? Like, how's your mom? How's your, are your parents healthy? Like just getting into people's business was almost inappropriate before. Now, um, it's expected and it's recommended, right? Because you want to understand what stage 
and frame of mind people are at. Um, I think also, you know, the, um, the recognition that people normally get from being in a room with you where, you know, like they show you a presentation and, and you're like, wow, this is really good. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to always convey that when someone's just sharing something on a screen. And I think um, just making sure you give tons of recognition and, um, and feedback and connecting people with other people, like you have to be so intentional about that stuff these days because it's not, um, if you take it for granted, it won't happen, you know? Um, and people feel less loyal and inspired to be on your team and at your firm, you know? It is, um, it is going to be something that's going to stay really, isn't it? If, if, if we go to this hybrid model and there are people who are, who are working from home two days a week and, and in at the office three days or whatever, or shifting around, I mean, this, these are skills that managers are going to have to take on and, yeah. and develop. Yeah. Do you think this training is going to have to happen? Do you think they're going to have to learn this? For sure. And I think some will be better at it than others. Some will be more natural at it than others. Um, there are some roles that won't translate well to remote management and, you know, we'll have to deal with that as well. Um, so I do, I, I do think that, um, and I say this to any client that will listen to me is that, you know, we really need to like look at ourselves and look at our managers and be honest about who's able to do that well and who is not. And maybe take away the management responsibilities from someone who is not able to do that well right now until we can get them shored up because people will leave. You know, I know that there's a lot of unemployment, but there's also a lot of opportunities out there and people will leave, you know, um, so it's, it's important. Speaking of people leaving, this has really had a huge impact on women in the workplace and yep. I think that one of the latest statistics I saw was that more than 5 million jobs have been lost by women since the pandemic started. This is such a huge issue, but have you thought at all and have you advised at all on how companies can stop that happening? I think that, um, and some people will probably disagree with me on this, but this is from my own personal experience. I'm not able to operate at my previous pre-pandemic level, right? I don't have as many hours in the day. I don't have as many resources as I normally have. I don't have my, you know, my nanny and all the things I had that were my support network, you know? Um, so I can't be held to those, um, you know, requirements anymore. Um, and I think that companies need to, uh, need to meet people where they're at. If somebody has a one-year-old baby at home, there's no way in hell that they're able to do to, to keep up with a normal work schedule. It's just not going to happen. You know, you can't even just put, you can't even put on the TV for them, you know, which is what I am thankful <laughs> able to do sometimes, but that, so you have to meet them where they're at and um, short of offering them a sabbatical, you just have to allow them to work on their schedule. That's what you have to do. There's, I, I don't see another option. And you also, um, you know, if you have somebody who's doing all of these extracurricular activities at work, you can't hold that person um, accountable to, to the way that that person's behaving because they're just not at the same level. So there, there needs to be some appreciation for that. I also think that, you know, if a woman was up for promotion, if you were thinking that she would probably get promoted this year, you should still promote her, be, even if she had an off year because it was 
a crazy situation, you know, that we were all dealing with. And I think that you have to believe in the potential and the longer term um, benefit of doing that. Um, and I think companies need to take a little bit of a leap of faith. So. Also for younger people too, starting their careers. I yeah. can't this would be like, I mean. Yeah, it's been, um, I, so as soon as we have someone start at PwC, I, I try to just get all over them. You know, I'm like, just let's chat every two weeks, put other people on your calendar to chat with every two weeks. Um, I just want to make sure they don't feel lonely. I mean, you feel lost in an organization of 50,000 people when you're in the office. I can't imagine how lost, it, how lost you'd feel when you're just sitting at your desk like, am I supposed to be doing something else right now? Like, I have a stupid question, but who do I ask? You know, and um you can't read people if you don't know them, if you've not worked with them, like you, you don't know what their manner is or any of that. And so there's huge, like, how are you supposed to build your career? Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. There are, um, there, there's an app that, that we uh, started using called the forum and it, that was a very good app. We, we we started to use it with our associates because it would just ping you and constantly route you to start networking with people. And it was, it, it was borderline, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say annoying, but it was, it was just like constant reminders to, to do this. And everybody loved it because it, it gave you the permission to, um, you know, to connect with people and it wasn't so scary anymore. Um, but I think that networking is, um, in some capacities, it's harder. In others, I can network with probably four times more people per day now than I did before because I can fill my calendar with 15-minute intervals of networking. Um, I couldn't really do that in the office. That would be kind of rude, <laughs> you know. Like, like I'm sorry, we gotta wrap this coffee up because I gotta, I got another one. You know, it's like you can't really do that. What advice would you give if for someone who is like, I'm, I'm at home, I'm in a company, and I want to try and meet more people. I'm in early on in my career. How, how do I do it? What would you say? Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I, I think it depends on the personality first. Um, if you're, if you're like me, I can usually get on a call with someone um, that I'm trying to network with and find some common ground. And then we can, you know, we, we can leave the conversation feeling connected. Um, if that's not in your skill set, or if you're new to it, or if you're nervous, um, <laughs> which is completely understandable, I, I usually try to crouch it as, um, Hi, I'd like to. I'd like to help you. Um, I was hoping to connect with you to to see how I might be able to help you. Most people don't turn that down, and most people will start talking in that in that capacity. And I feel like once you're working with people, they you know a very natural relationship can be formed. So that that would be my advice. Do you feel positive about how things are going to come out from a workplace perspective after this? I mean, what do you feel good about, and what do you feel worried about? Is probably a better better way of putting it. I feel good. I feel positive about it. I feel, I'm, I feel like, um, you know, there has been a very overdue and welcome shift to employers being um, employee centric and employee focused. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, employees have the power again, you know, like they have, um, they have the control and that's how it should be, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Uh, something I'm concerned about is that um, companies don't think through how to use their office space properly and people stop coming and, you know, you lose something there, you know. There, there is a time and place to be in the office um, and you have to figure out what that time and place 
and purpose is. Um, so I, that would be my only concern that, that companies don't actually take the time to understand how their employees use the office. Catherine Hart is PwC Advisory Real Estate Director. I'm Miriam Hall. Thanks for listening.